0: Welcome everybody to the Believe in the Colorado Buffaloes podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Howell, the Buffs beat writer for the Boulder Daily Camera and BuffZone.com. As I've been saying each podcast, I'm grateful for all of you who have listened so far. Uh, The support has been great and I welcome uh, all of you just discovering the podcast here in episode number five. Uh, We're going to have some great coverage of the Buffs. Throughout the season, as I keep saying every week, um, and you know the season's upon us. It's finally game week for the Buffaloes. It's hard to believe, but the last time the Buffs played a game, we all probably had a few Thanksgiving leftovers sitting in the fridge, and I mean edible leftovers. I mean, you might still have some Thanksgiving leftovers in your fridge, which is gross, but uh, the last time the Buffs played, those leftovers were actually edible. It's been more than eight months, but on Friday night, CU will host the TCU horn Frogs at Folsom Field. At 8 p.m. Mountain Time, the game will be broadcast on ESPN, and uh, honestly, there are few things as good as a night game at Folsom, so it ought to be a rockin' opener. I know I'm probably biased. You know, this is the team I cover. Uh, This is the team I grew up with, Uh, but I've been all around the Pac-12, and I will say a few atmospheres are better than a night game at Folsom Field, so it should be a fun one. Um, We'll see what attendance looks like. Won't be a sellout. Um, They never sell out here, but you get 45000 plus. At Folsom Field for a night game, and uh, it's gonna be pretty sweet, and the weather's gonna be nice, so um, should be a great one uh, on Friday night. So later this week, I'm gonna get more into a game preview, uh, but in this episode, I'm gonna preview the season a bit and give my thoughts on players to watch, my record prediction, and uh, all of that. But before we get into that, uh, this podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events. With first to market odds and lines, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code believe 50 that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so on bet online, by the way, uh, the line has jumped to 13.5, 13.5 points last time I saw it, uh, in favor of TCU. It was 11 last week, I saw 10.5 some places, but frankly, I don't get why oddsmakers love TCU so much in this game. Yeah, I get that TCU is viewed as a better team, and honestly, the Horned Frogs might be, but I don't think they're that much better than CU. The Athletic recently picked TCU to finish last in the Big 12. Um, Other places don't have them last, but they don't have them picked super high. So if a potential last place team in the Big 12 is basically a two-touchdown favorite in Boulder, I mean, wow, (laughs) that says more about how big it feels about CU than anything else. And, uh, you know, frankly, I think people are off on CU. I don't think they're going to be, you know, amazing. But um, the general consensus seems to be that this team is back to where they were in 2011, 2012, when they were just getting hammered every week. And um, I just don't think they're that bad. I mean, I I do think it'll be a struggle to get to bowl eligibility. But to think this team is going to be horrendous, I, I just don't see it. Uh, let's keep in mind, this is a team that won four games last year with one of the worst offenses in the country. With even a decent offense last year, CU probably wins somewhere between six and eight games. Uh, they're in a bowl game, and they probably be projected for a decent season this year. So um, they weren't that far off. I know they lost some good players, but uh, and I get it. You know the, the fact is they didn't have a good offense. They didn't get to a bowl game. And then six quality starters leave the program through the transfer portal. So uh, with all of that, the perception is see is much worse than it was a year ago. I just don't see that. I think this team can be better than they were a year ago. It may not show it in the record, but I think that they could be a better program. Um, and we're going to get into that during this podcast. But, l- but first, let's uh, kind of focus on some players. And grab a drink here real quick. Quite often, I get asked who I think will be the breakout candidates who might lead the team in rushing, receiving, etc.? So I'm going to give you my thoughts on all that stuff and let's start on offense. All right. So let's kind of go through who I think are going to be the statistical leaders for this team. And uh, the first one is leading passer. Now we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Carl Durrell uh, has told us he's not going to reveal the starting quarterback until uh, Friday night at eight o'clock. Uh, you know, when we see it, I'll see it before that because I can tell in pregame who it's going to be. Um, I tend to think that Brendan Lewis, the incumbent, is going to take the first snaps of the season. But I think the leading passer of the season is going to be J.T. Schraub. And I just think that he's going to end up winning this job at some point. When I've watched practice, and it hasn't been very much, but when I've watched it, J.T. looks like a better quarterback to me. I think he uh, ends up being the guy at some point, And uh, he's the better passer, in my opinion. So I think he leads this team in passing. <clears throat> leading rusher. I think it's sort of obvious that Alex Fonteno is the lead guy here. Um, Dion Smith has got some talent as well, but you know Alex Fonteno led this team in rushing in 2019, and then uh, it was injured in 2020. And uh, 2021, Jerick Broussard, um, you know, who had the monster year in 2020, uh, Jarek Broussard was still the starter last year. Alex Fonteno did a nice job in a backup role. He's now got a chance to be in that lead role again. I think he takes that lead role. I think he leads this team in rushing. Leading receiver. Okay. You can go catches, yards. Um, You can look at it two different ways. I think it's the same guy in both categories. And I think it's RJ Snead, the transfer from Baylor, uh, the senior transfer who uh, has been banged up this offseason, but um, he's back at practice. As long as he stays healthy, I think that's your leading receiver on this team. And now I think that competition is going to be close. I think it'll be closer than the leading rusher competition because I think there's a number of guys that could wind up leading this team in receiving, including Brady Russell, the tight end, Montana Lamonius Craig, uh, you got Daniel Arias, you know, so I think there's a number of uh, candidates there, but I'm going to give the edge to RJ Snead. I don't think the numbers are going to be eye-popping, but, you know, 50 catches, 700, 800 yards, I think that 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 could lead the team, uh, you know, in receiving, and I think a lot of guys are going to have some good numbers, so um, at least much better than last year. It won't look like last year. All right. So that's the statistical g- category leaders in my opinion most improved player there's to me there's a, there's so many candidates uh, on, on this list um, in large part because that offense was so bad last year and I know some of those guys are, are not back so they're not on the running for this but most improved player there are there are a ton of candidates and um, to me a lot of it starts uh, up front in the offensive line um, you know and I think you could go, Brendan Lewis with this. You could go uh, Maurice Bell, who didn't even play last year. You could go Daniel Arias. Um, Alex Fonteno could go from backup to leading rusher. Um, my pick for most improved is Frank Phillip. And he played right tackle last year and struggled. You know, he uh, injured the shoulder in spring ball. And uh, when he came back, he went to right tackle and really struggled. Didn't have a great year. Uh, but this year, he's starting out at left tackle. He's had a pretty good off season. I think he winds up being uh, one of the leaders of this offensive line. I'm going to go Frank Phillip as the most improved. You could also go Jake Jake Wiley, who was the uh, left tackle last year. He's going to start things off on the right side, and we'll see uh, you know, where he ends up. But um, You could go either one of those tackles, honestly. But I'm going to go Frank Phillip. Now, if he's the most improved player on this offense, I think that really bodes well for CU uh, possibly having a good year offensively. How about some breakout candidates? Again, there's a number of those guys as well. and I've mentioned some of them, but... Um, I'm not going to list who the top breakout guy is, but I've got five candidates for you. Daniel Arias, the receiver. Now, he sort of had a breakout last year, I guess, and we've been waiting for it, but he had 19 catches a year ago. That's been his best season as a buff. I think he's much better than that this year. I think that he's closer to you know, 35, 40 catches and has more of an impact than he's ever had. Uh, Maurice Bell, um, the receiver, senior receiver, missed last season uh, with a torn Achilles and has never really had much of an impact offensively i think he has a bigger impact this year and you know breakout candidate for him i think 20-25 catches uh, is a really good year for a guy like maurice bell and i think that that's sort of a breakout for him so i put him in that category Uh, caleb fourier the tight end freshman tight end uh we know about brady russell he's gonna be the lead tight end here uh but who's that number two guy Somebody has to step up, and it's a whole bunch of freshmen. Uh, I think it's to be Caleb Fourier. Now, they have not had a number two, a legitimate number two pass catching tight end in years. I'm not sure they've had that uh, since I've been covering this program all the way back to 2010. I think Caleb can be that guy. Uh, Brady Russell is going to be the top tight end, but I think Caleb Fourier uh, is going to be a breakout candidate uh, for this team. Austin Johnson, uh, center, right guard wherever you want to put him. He could play both spots. I think he probably will at some point play both spots. Uh, He could play left guard as well. But um, this is a guy that's been waiting for his opportunity. Uh, You know, a local kid. Uh, He's been in this program now. I believe this is his fourth season and uh, never really played a ton. He's a potential starter. I think he's a breakout candidate for this team and uh, having a a good season on the offensive line. Uh, And then last, I'm going to go Deion Smith because although I do think he's going to be – the number two running back, I think that that's going to give him plenty of opportunities to run the ball, and I think he's going to impress in that role. I think that you know he's a guy that uh, you know can be a really, really solid number two running back, and the Buffs are going to need that. And so, um, Dion Smith, I think, has his best season as a Buff, so I put him as a breakout candidate offensively for the Buffs. Top newcomer, um, you we know, already told you R.J. Snead's going to lead this team in receiving, in my opinion, so I'm going to go with R.J. Snead as the top newcomer. Now. The Other candidate, the backup candidate, the uh, the the runner up, I guess, uh, to me would be JT Shroud. And um, although he's been here, this is his second season here, he hasn't played a snap for CU, so he's still a newcomer in my eyes. But those are the two top newcomers, and I would give that to RJ Sneed. Top freshman, Caleb Fourier, to me, um, as that number two tight end, I think he has that breakout year. Uh, he's the top freshman, uh, in my opinion. Number two on that list, I would go Jordan Tyson, the receiver that we've been hearing about a ton throughout fall camp. Now, I don't think Jordan's going to be, you know, one of the top three or four receivers on this team, but I think that he's going to be, you know, a a pretty solid receiver for this team. I think he makes an impact. So I think he's uh, one of the top freshmen on this team. Comeback player of the year, J.T. Shroud. You know, this is a guy that injured his knee uh, in August last year, didn't play at all in 2021. And as I mentioned, I think he leads this team in passing. So uh, to me, he's the comeback player of the year. Maurice Bell would be the other candidate there, in my opinion, coming off the Achilles. Um, offensive MVP. I'm going to go with somebody that haven't really talked about a whole lot yet. I've mentioned his name. But um, to me, the offensive MVP could be Brady Russell, uh, the senior tight end that I think that they're going to use the tight end more than they have in years past. I think he's such a key to this offense because of uh, you know, his unique skill set. He can be a, a matchup problem in places. I just think he's going to be a really big impact player. He may not lead this team in receiving, but I think he leads this team in impact, and I and I put him down as the offensive MVP. All right, so let's move on to defense. Um, a couple of statistical uh, leaders, in my opinion, uh, Leading tackler, I think it's going to be Josh chandler um, the uh, transfer from West Virginia. I'm not really going out on a limb there because this guy led West Virginia with 110 tackles a year ago. He takes over that spot uh, where Nate Lambin played last year. Um, a ton of tackles come to the middle linebacker, and uh, I think Josh Chandler-Somito leads this team in tackles. Leader in sacks, that's going to be a tougher one because I think there's a, a number of guys that – that could be on this list, like a Terrence Lang and Alvin Williams, a Devin Grant. Um, I think there's a number of guys that could be there. I'm gonna go with Guy Thomas, and I think that this is uh, this is someone that had a pretty good start to the year last year. Not a ton of sacks early on. But I think that uh, you know he's got a goal of leading this team in, in sacks. That doesn't mean he's going to get there, but I think he does. Um, I don't think it's going to be a huge number. I think it's probably around six or seven sacks, which would actually be, for Colorado, a pretty good number. We haven't seen uh, that number hit a lot of times in recent years. But I think Guy Thomas leads this team in sacks. Interceptions. I'm going to go Isaiah Lewis, uh, the senior safety. Um, He had a couple of interceptions last year towards the end of the year, and uh, that was even with uh, an injury that he was dealing with. So uh, he's the leader of the secondary. I think he's going to pick off some passes and make some impact back there. All right, most improved player on the defense. I think there's a few candidates here, uh, but I'm going to go with Robert Barnes. And uh, the reason why is because I think last year – We expected a lot out of him, and we didn't really see it. You know, he came on towards the end of last year when Nate Lamont was injured, and he played pretty well, Uh, but I think that Robert Barnes is the most improved because I think that he's going to be a starter and that he's going to be in a lot more action than he was last year, and I think he'll have a bigger impact. So I'm going to go with him. The runner-up for me is Terrence Lang, and he's played a ton of football here. At Colorado, but has not had very good production in the last year or two. Um, I think that that changes. I think he's got good production this season, and uh, I think he'll be one of the more improved players on this defense. Breakout candidates. I gave you five on offense. I'm going to give you five on defense, and I'm going alphabetical here, but I'm going to start with Tyus Martin. Uh, this is a freshman uh, defensive lineman that, uh, you know, he's, he's dealt with a back injury in the past. He hasn't played very much. He, he got a few snaps at the end of last season, but um, he is healthy. At least the last time I talked to him and and uh, and checked in on him, he's been healthy. They absolutely need him. Um, they've got decent uh, depth on the defensive line, but just recently dismissed Janaz Jordan from this team, and uh, so therefore Tyus Martin uh, becomes much more important than he was even uh, you know a week or two ago. Um, I think he's a breakout candidate. I think he's he's a big guy. I think he can have a pretty solid freshman season for the Buffs. Uh, Moore, the cornerback, you know, he's a guy that uh, played a little bit towards the end of last year. And we know both cornerbacks from last year, Christian Gonzalez and Makai Blackman are no longer here. They're playing elsewhere in the PAC 12. Of course, um, Moore and Nico Reed are going to be the two guys that step into that, those lead cornerback roles. Um, Nico could be on this list as well, but you know, I think that he sort of had his breakout last year. Even though he didn't play a ton at corner, he played well, and then he had the kickoff return uh, for touchdown against Utah. He sort of had his breakout last year, but he could be on this list this year. But I'm going to go Kalen Moore. I think that he ends up being one of the top corners on this team and has a pretty good season. Um, An older guy that that I'm going to put on this list, the only older guy I have on this five-man list here is Jamar Montgomery. Um, We've kind of been waiting for him to have this breakout and to really make an impact to the former Juco transfer now in his third season with the Buffs, has not done a ton at CU, has not played a ton, but uh, by all accounts, he's had his best offseason. I think he's going to be in that mix along with, you know, a guy, Thomas, Alvin Williams, guys like that rushing the passer. Um, he's not going to be on the field a ton, but I think when he's in there that Jamar is going to have a pretty good season. Another one, uh, same position, Alvin Williams. That This is a kid that, uh, you know, People have been excited about since the spring because he flashed in that spring game and was all over the place. Uh, we haven't heard his name as much in the fall, but I love his ability. I think this guy is going to have a, a really good career at Colorado. I think that he uh, has a potential breakout year this season. Uh, another one, Trevor Woods. and You could put him in the category of Nico Reed. that He sort of had his breakout last year. He played a little bit. Last year, he had the huge uh, punt block in return for touchdown against Arizona. That was a, a pivotal play. Uh, he's sort of at his breakout, but he was a backup last year behind you know Mark Perry and Isaiah Lewis. He's now got an opportunity to start. Now, I don't know how healthy he is at this point because he's missed a lot of camp with an injury. Um, we think he's going to be back and ready to go. Um, whether it's for TCU or not, I don't know. But I think he ends up being a breakout candidate for this defense at safety. All right. Top newcomer. Um, to me, this is obvious that, you know, I already mentioned that, uh, Josh Chandler Sumido is my projected, uh, tackle leader. I think he's the top newcomer. You know, the, when you, lead, when you lead the team in tackles your first year, I think that uh, gives you a chance to be the top newcomer. Um, The other guy, though, I guess the runner-up, I would say, is Chance Main, and uh, this is another one that I put in the category with uh, Terrence Lang, Guy Thomas, guys like that, those edge rushers that are going to need to make an impact, and this is another senior transfer. Comes in from Incarnate Word. Uh, He's had a pretty good offseason. I think Chance Main uh, is one of the top newcomers on this defense as well. Top freshman. Alvin Williams, to me, is the freshman that I'm most excited about on this team, and You know, Caleb Moore and Nico Reed are are technically sophomores now. Uh, So Alvin Williams, to me, is that top freshman for this team. The runner-up for me is Owen Carey, the inside linebacker, who is not going to be a starter coming into the season. But, man, coaches and players love that guy and his potential. I think he's going to get on the field. I think he's going to be a guy that makes an impact when he gets on the field. And I'm looking forward to seeing Owen Carey, to be honest with you. I think that he's one of those top guys in this 2022 class. Comeback player of the year. There's a couple of candidates, not as many on offense, but I'm going to go with Nigel Bethel Jr., uh, the cornerback that uh, was playing pretty well the first few games last year and then injured his knee, missed the rest of the season. Um, He's missed uh, most of the offseason as well, and I don't know how healthy he is at this point or how much he's going to play early in the season. I think at some point he gets back in there and and makes an impact for this team. So I think he's the comeback player of the year on defense. Uh, Runner-up to me is Tyus Martin. When you have a back injury like that that you know impacts you for a couple of years, if he can come in and be a breakout candidate, he's definitely a candidate for comeback player of the year. Yeah, defensive MVP. It's a guy that I've mentioned a couple times already. Um, Josh Chandler-Cimito, to me, is potentially the best player on this defense uh, coming in from West Virginia. As I mentioned, I think he leads this team in tackles. He's already become a leader. Uh, I think he ends up being you know, a really impactful player for this team. So I've got him as the Buffs' defensive MVP. All right, let's go through the schedule now, Uh, schedule predictions. How are the Buffs going to finish up this season? You know, a lot of places have this, the over-under at 3.5 wins. I am not a betting man. I'm I'm just not. Um, I think that's a tough one, though, if you are betting, you know, to pick the over-under at 3.5 wins. I think the Buffs are in that 3-4 to win category. I've seen some places have them at 2.5 wins. I would jump on that and take the over because I think they're going to win at least three games. So there's all these doom and gloom situations about the Buffs. And, you know, a lot of fans tell me, I don't see how they're going to win. I can't find one win, two wins on the schedule. I can easily find one, two, three, and four wins. Um, Honestly, (laughs) I can find seven or eight potential wins. Are they going to win that many? I don't believe so but I can find seven or eight potential ones, and we're going to go through that here um, week by week. Let's start with week one, TCU. The Buffs, as I mentioned, almost a two-touchdown underdog. Uh, I think odds makers are way off on that one. I think they're underestimating the Buffs in this opener. I've got the Buffs uh, winning this one against TCU uh, Friday at home. You know, it's The atmosphere at Folsom is going to be electric, in my opinion. Um, it's not going to be... You know, one of the great atmospheres ever. But, you know, Friday at Folsom is uh, is always a really good time. I think that, you know, the buster are going to be fired up for that one. Um, a couple of notes here. Last four years, TCU is 23 and 24. This is not a juggernaut coming in here. Uh, they're a good team, but they're not a juggernaut. They got a brand-new head coach, Sonny Dykes, who, uh, you know, Buff fans know. He was the head coach at Cal uh, a few years ago. Uh, But Dykes, you know, he struggles er early in in, uh, his tenure with with programs. And he's 1-2 and in debut games. His only win was when he was with Louisiana Tech and he beat Grambling State uh, in this first game uh, at Cal and SMU. He lost his first game, and um, I think he loses his first game with TCU. So I think the Buffs get a win in Week 1. Week 2 at Air Force. This is one of the swing games for me. Uh, this is a tough one for the Buffs. I get it. You know, it, nobody likes to face that Air Force offense. Uh, it's CU's first trip to the Air Force Academy since 1974. You know they're going to be fired up to have CU in their building. And honestly, this could be one of Troy Calhoun's uh, best teams down at the Academy. His best record-wise was 11-2 and in uh, in 2019. The Buffs faced that team in Boulder, and Air Force beat CU in overtime. So, That was Troy's best team, and uh, they needed overtime to beat the Buffs in Boulder. Um, CU could win this game. I think they got better athletes overall, and uh, you win the game against TCU. You got some momentum, some confidence going into Air Force. They could win it. I've got it as a loss right now, but I put that in the swing category. Um, So that's a one-on-one start. Week three at Minnesota. Gophers left Boulder last year with a nation-best non-conference winning streak of 21 games. They then lose the next week at home to Bowling Green, which... I don't know how that happens, but <laughs> they did. Uh, but they're still 22-1 and their last 23 non-conference games. Um, they play pretty well at home, usually, that Bowling Green game aside. Uh, they got their, their quarterback back, Tanner Morgan. They got Mo Ibrahim back, who did not play in Boulder last year after the injury. Um, he's one of the top running backs in the country. Seven starters on defense back. Uh, Minnesota won this game last year in Boulder, 30 to nothing. You know, lots of things went wrong for the Buffs, and it wasn't that bad of a of a blowout to me. I mean, it was, but <laughs> yeah, it, it really got away from the Buffs late in the third quarter. You know, a number of things happened. It wasn't like uh, that offense uh, for Minnesota just you know stormed past the, the CU defense. It was just the CU offense was so inept. I don't think that they'll be that inept this year, but I do think it's a tough trip to Minnesota. I think the Buffs lose that one and start one and two. Week four, UCLA. You got the Bruins at home. Uh, you know, the Bruins are a trendy pick. You know, Chip Kelly, boy, he's got that thing finally rolling, doesn't he? Well, we'll see. I'm not totally sold on that. Uh, you know, let's keep in mind that under Chip Kelly, UCLA 18 and 25. They've got two wins versus teams that finish with a winning record. So, And, and both of those wins were teams that were like 7 and 6, 8 and 5. So barely winning teams. Chip Kelly's still got to prove it, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, UCLA's lost three in a row in Boulder. 2016, 2018, 2020. Uh, every time they come to Boulder. Chip's been here twice now, and uh, and he's lost uh, both times. Um, the Bruins only have two starters back on defense. But, you know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson returns. They got Zach Charbonnet returning. But they, got, they have a lot of holes to fill. They filled some of them with the transfer portal. There's a number of ways to find a win here for Colorado. I think UCLA probably wins this game, but if you're looking at the swing game and you're trying to find a win for CU, that's a potential win right there. I just think UCLA probably wins this one. Uh, so the Buffs one and three start, not sounding good at this point. I get it. Now, week five at Arizona. There is a lot of hype about Arizona, especially from Arizona fans. You know they're they're loving what Jed Fish is doing. Um, I get it. He's done a lot of good things in the transfer portal and in recruiting. Uh, one of the big ones—they got Jaden Delora, uh, the former quarterback from Washington State. He's now with the Wildcats. They're going to be a better team. I get it. They were one and eleven last year. Uh, they're going to be better. Uh, but look, this program's still one and twenty-three in the last twenty-four games they've played, and their one win—they beat a depleted, a COVID-depleted Cal team ten to three at home last year on a last-minute touchdown. You know, the, Arizona's got a long way to go, and I know the game's in Tucson. I put this as a win for the buffs. I think they're better than Arizona still. I think they go down to Tucson, get a win. Now you're two and uh, two and three at that point. And then you go into the bye week and you kind of you know assess things through those first five weeks, and then after the bye, you come back and you're at home, and you got Cal. Cal, to me, not a great team at this point. Justin Wilcox, in his sixth year with the program, he started off well but they're 6-10 in the last two years. Only returned eight starters, and they've got a new quarterback. Uh, the former Purdue uh, starter, or part-time starter, Jack Plummer, is now at Cal. Doesn't really move the needle for me a whole lot. I don't think he's one of the top transfer quarterbacks around. Um, you know, Cal's going to be okay, but they I don't think they're coming into Boulder to win this game. I think you know CU's won the last two meetings in Boulder. It's been a few years, but I think CU wins this one, and uh, they beat the Bears and even their record at three and three uh, through the first six games. Week seven, you're at Oregon State. This to me is another swing game. Um, I do like Oregon State better, though. Uh, you know, Oregon State came off of a seven. They're coming off of the seven-six year last year, first bowl game since 2013, and uh, they're gonna be riding high. I mean, th- this is a program that a lot of people believe is on the rise and, and could contend. Uh, I mean, when there was divisions, there was a lot of belief they could contend for the North Division title. There's no divisions this year, but they could be one of the better teams in the pac 12. And you know, they got 15 starters back nine on defense. They've also got their quarterback chance Nolan back. I think this is going to be a tough one for the buffs, uh, to go up to Corvallis and win. they've done it before, but I think this is a better Oregon state team. And I do put it in the swing category, but I give uh, the buffs a loss in this one. And they fall to three and four week eight. You got Arizona state in Folsom field. Uh, the sun devils, uh, boy, they've had a lot go on in their program. And you know, if any team was hit worse in the portal than Colorado, it was Arizona state. Now they probably did a better job of getting people back through the portal. And, uh, one of those being Emery Jones, the quarterback from Florida. Um, he's going to be their starter. And, uh, and that eases, uh, you know, some of the losses they had. I think Emery is, he's a decent quarterback and he'll give them a shot. But honestly, the Sun Devils could be a mess by the time uh, they get to Boulder on October 29th, my birthday. Um, so they could be a mess by then. You know, I mentioned the athletic picking uh, TCU to finish last in the Big Twelve. They actually picked Arizona State to finish last in the Pac twelve uh, behind Colorado. Um, I don't know how they pick. You know who wins that game, but you know I think CU wins this game. They're three and two in the last five meetings with the Sun Devils. They've won the last two in Boulder. I think CU gets this one as well. And uh, through week eight, they're sitting there at four and four. And uh, you go into the final month saying, wow, <laughs> this team could be bowl eligible. Well, they could, you know, with, with some breaks, but that last month is, is pretty brutal. November is going to be a tough stretch for the Buffs. And um, But I got them four and four through eight games. Week nine, you got Oregon coming to Boulder. Uh, that's a tough one. You know, uh, Ducks, one of the favorites to win the Pac 12. They're a top, you know, 15, top 10 type of team. They got 15 starters back. We don't know who their quarterback's going to be, but the former Auburn quarterback Bo Nix is transferred there. I've got to think he's their guy. Um, head coach Dan Landing, uh, first-time head coach, former DC at uh, Georgia. How does he do? We'll see. You know, I, I think Oregon's one of those teams that they're going to be interesting to watch because you know they're a trendy pick, you know, to win this conference and or you know, by some people at least, and it'll be one of the contenders in this conference. But how good are they? You know, with a first-time head coach and all the changes they've had, um, I still think Oregon's better than CU. The Buffs are 1-7 against the Ducks since joining the Pac-12, and their one win was in 2016 against the worst Ducks team we've seen in the, in the last uh, decade. So I think the Buffs lose this one. They fall to 4-5 and five, uh, through Week 9. Then you go to Week 10, and uh, you go to USC. Um, not much to say about this one. The Buffs all-time 0-15 against the Trojans. They're going on the road. The Trojans have loaded up. Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, they got Brandon Rice, Mackay Blackman. They loaded up on transfers. Um, watch this be the first time CU ever gets to win against USC. I don't see it. I think USC's loaded. CU's is not that loaded. Uh, USC is going to win that game. I think going away in the bus fall the four and six. Week eleven, you're at Washington. This to me is another swing game. You know, I I think it's a loss, but to me it's a swing game. The Huskies are 4-8 last year. They got 13 returning starters, a brand-new quarterback, Michael Panix Jr., the Indiana transfer, is now uh, leading that team. They also have a new head coach, Kalen DeBoer, who had a a great run at Fresno State, but he's a new head coach. So, you know, is there a transition period? I think you'd rather get Washington early in the season than late, but we're going to see how he does in this first year. Uh, CU's won the last two meetings, but both of those were in Boulder. The last time they won in Seattle was 1989, uh, the year that you know the Buffs went undefeated in the regular season, and that uh, was the first game after they actually lost uh, Sal Innessi, um you know after his passing. So that was their last win in Seattle. Like I said, it's a swing game, but I think the Buffs lose this one and uh, and fall to four and seven at that point and out of bowl contention, in my opinion. So that makes that unfortunate. But then you get to Week 12, you got Utah at home. And uh, this is another easy one for me. Um, Utah is the projected winner of the Pac-12. They're a trendy top 10 pick. Uh, they've got 14 starters back, including Cameron Rising, their quarterback. I think Utah is really good. And I I just love with their program with Kyle Whittingham. And uh, and I think you can pencil them in for eight-plus wins every year. And uh, I don't think they're going to lose here in Boulder. I mean, they've, they've owned CU the last five years, uh, winning all those by 15 points or more. Um, I don't see this one as being a win for the buffs and i think they fall to 4 and 8 and that's where they finish 4 and 8 so for those of you that uh, you know said you can't find one or two or three wins there you go i just gave you four right there uh, there's four you can find and four others that you can find that maybe uh, if they go one way or another uh, see you get some breaks i think uh, you know the wins again um, TCU at home you got uh, Arizona on the road cal at home and Arizona state at home Those swing games at Air Force, UCLA at home, at Oregon State, at Washington. So I think that you can find six, seven wins. Uh, I don't think they're going to get there. I'm going to go four and eight for the Buffs. But this is a better team than people think. Uh, This is not... The circa 2011 2012 buffs that were getting blown out every single week they might get blown out against USC maybe against a Utah this team's not going to get blown out every week they're going to be in contention and uh, they're gonna have they're gonna be a better football team than people think I think Carl Durrell keeps his job and keeps things going next year. So that's a wrap on this episode. As, as I mentioned, later on this week, I'll have more of a game preview for TCU. Uh, but I'm Brian Howell, Buffs Beat Rider for the Boulder Daily Camera and BuffZone.com. Check out my coverage there as well. Uh, and thanks for tuning in to the Believe in the Colorado Buffaloes podcast, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network.